this is Kim from The Contemporary Educator. Welcome to my podcast dedicated to all my fellow educators out there who are trying to balance the many demands placed on The Contemporary Educator. So today I have a super special guest and probably one of my favorite people in the world. This is James. He's a former student of mine from musical and theater at school. So James is here to um, talk theater and what his experience doing high school theater was like for him, the highs and the lows and all the other stuff in between. Hey, James. Hi, Kim and everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, I really appreciate your time. Oh my gosh, totally. I don't think I'd miss it for the world. So um, I do have like a bunch of questions, but before I start asking questions, just a quick disclaimer, James has birds in his room (laughs) and we're doing this over Zoom. So (laughs) you might hear some birds get really excited about what James has to say. Um, Just bear with us. It's, It's all good. They're very They're really passionate about theater, actually. So, you know, that's just why they're so loud. They're really rooting for us to do Bye Bye Birdie this year for our musical. Mm-hmm. And so you might hear a chorus of them just chirping relentlessly in order for them to advocate for Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, yeah. They were kind of hoping that they could actually get in on the musical. So they're trying to, like, you know, have a mini audition over there and, like, just hope that you overhear them and be like, we need them for the musical. I'll see how I can work them in, you know? I'm not opposed <laughs> to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, my first question, how long have you been doing theater for? Um, I think I've been doing theater for about 11 years now. Uh, since I was, like, 11 years old, uh, it was something that I actually just spontaneously did through middle school and you know we had to choose something to do for our extra block and one of my best friends was like audition with me I'll audition if you audition um and it was a very different audition from like what I do in high school actually there was no like singing or anything you just had to do a monologue and actually a dance like you had to choreograph a dance Uh, which was really weird, but uh, I was always, like, really, uh, you know, kind of loved after that in theater, and I think my theater teacher really liked me, so uh, sometimes there was, like, auditions where she'd be, like, just so you know, you got in. It was probably really unprofessional, but yeah, I've been doing theater for a long time, and I've always really liked it. Awesome, thank you. So what's one kind of transformative theater experience that you recall? Um, I guess going off of how long I've been doing theater, uh, theater in middle school was nothing like theater in high school. I mean, our shows were, you know, Into the Woods, and I think I did a production of Annie, and, uh, you know, the ones that kind of everyone knows, and I guess they fit for middle school productions, but uh, I really had no idea about any other type of theaters and kind of the ways that it helps um, people and it helps us view our kind of way of the world. And so I think a really big turning point for me in theater was actually coming to Vic High in grade 10 and doing hair and going through the script because 
I had never seen a script like that. It was always very kid-friendly for me. And I remember that first, like, run-through, that first read-through was, like, whoa. Like, okay, I know things, I, like, I know, obviously, productions are going to get, like, a little bit adult, but, like, not to that extent. Um, But also not to the extent of, like, hey, let's talk about this political thing, and hey, let's talk about war, and hey, let's talk about um, these things from the perspective of hippies, which is what hair is about. Um, I just thought that was so interesting, and it really took my love of theater from a, this is a hobby that I like to do, to, I think this is something that I want to do like forever and professionally and I actually want to learn about it technically as well. Um, so yeah. So what was it about doing hair specifically that made you want to pursue theater as a professional? Like what was it about that experience? Yeah. So I, again, with the kind of kid friendly, uh, I've always, done that and I've always seen myself I think my family and everyone who's watched me do productions have said oh you should become an actor like you should do um acting in theater and that was kind of the one thing that I liked about theater was you know I was acting and I was singing and it was always a good time but uh the story of hair and I think how emotionally connected I got to it whether it was just the people I was working with or the story itself, um, I just like emotionally love the story so much. And as someone who is also struggling with, should I pursue acting or should I pursue um, writing? Because I'm a writer and I love story creation and character development and all those things. Um, I realized like, okay, let's mix these two things together. I love stage production and, you know, I love the physical stage uh, more than I like, you know, screen, you know, looking at a screen. I like physically being there and physically seeing people. Um, But I also uh, am a creator in the way that I love writing like stories. Um, So I think that's what changed for, that was like, the point where it changed was I was like, okay, there's another part of theater that I can pursue. And that just sounds so perfect for me. It was like, I don't know, I want to describe it as like delectable, you know, like it was just like the perfect food when you're like, I don't know, thinking about, do I want chocolate or do I want peanut butter? And then you see like something that's chocolate and peanut butter. That was, that was like pursuing theater like writing as a career for me like it was just a match made in heaven here's a cool one for that as well because it was largely created collaboratively like there was a lot of people Mm -hmm. who went into that kind of co-creation and the performers also had a piece in in writing some of that show and like as it was performed it was also changed with every performance and they adapted it with every performance and it's really neat to see that there's theater that does that that they're not like married to what the script is um when they first start out because i think we often think of theater in terms of like well this is the script this is how it gets performed and so even if you're working closely with the writer 
you perform it as it's written. And there's like laws that tell you to perform it as it's written. And so what's neat about hair is that it was such a co-created process that um, like really the actors were also, you know, helping with directing and they were also helping to write. And then the final song in hair was like created by all of like, they, it wasn't even in the original mm-hmm, production. Yeah. Right. So a whole bunch of things were kind of added as they went along and, um, it's neat to see that that process kind of unfold. Yeah, and I think that's something I particularly love about that show and Runaways as well, um, where actors, you know, were able to put in a lot of input. Um, I, I don't think I'll ever be like a writer hermit guy who just sits alone and writes for hours and I know I think that's like what a lot of people think when maybe they think of like play writer or novel writer but uh, I work with people like I'm an introvert but I work with people and I work really well with other people's input and other people's stories and I feel more connected to what I'm doing when other people are contributing and being like okay this is like an us project um because then I feel like okay other people care and therefore this is worthy and needs to be shared you know so um yeah I I've also really loved that aspect about both hair and runaways I think those are like that's just such a cool way to do theater as well because those people are gonna see them um up there and that's a real life person experience and then the audience as well is also going to feel like okay this wasn't just one guy writing about many people's experiences when one guy has only experienced one life well no you're seeing a bunch of different people's experiences and you're going to connect with so much more uh, than you would if it was just one person writing it totally and there's a pretty significant underrepresentation of certain demographics in theater as well. And so to see that there are these shows that actively strive to try to represent multiple demographics in the right way without being appropriate, I think is like really important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've definitely watched shows. (laughs) I've definitely watched shows where, okay, hold on. I have, I, (laughs) they're just trying to piss me off at this point. They're trying to talk to you. Yeah, they're literally like, well, actually, (laughs) my opinion is, okay, Um, I've definitely watched shows where it's very obvious that um, this person has really just talked to people with this experience um, or just researched and no matter how much research you do and no matter how much talking to other people you do, no, even no matter how closely you've lived to um, this type of experience, there's just no way, uh, you know, someone who hasn't experienced it can live it. Um, just like anyone who's gone through a certain experience, they're not going to have the same opinions about it. They're not going to feel the exact same way. Um, 
so I, I think no matter what, if you're writing something on your own or with a group of people, it is so important to, you know, reach out as much as you can and have other people kind of be there and be a little bit like watching what is what's the story being told um because you can run into huge issues and huge misconceptions when it comes to storytelling so totally and especially since i think like most playwrights and writers are like white cis men right so there's a whole host of stories that aren't really being told accurately and you can see that with a lot of really popular shows in that like women are represented in in a really particular way and like people Mm -hmm. of color are represented in a really particular way and um and so you can almost see when you're watching some shows I know I I can pretty much guess who is who wrote that that show Mm -hmm. because it's it falls into stereotyping and so like you're saying you know by engaging with a lot of people and making it a really collaborative process and working with people as a writer you're less likely to be stereotyping because you're going to be getting all this feedback and input from real people who are living those experiences yeah absolutely yeah that's super important um so what's one thing that you love about theater that you don't feel you can find in any other art form yeah um I think it is truly the emotional connection, but you have to work for it sometimes Um, because there's a huge difference between half-assing a show and fully committing to a show. And I honestly have done both. And the just experience you get from the differences are so huge. So If you're going to go and, you know, you're going to just, you're going to recite your lines and you're going to go there and act and you're going to do the dance that, that, you know, you're going to go there and you're just going to do the absolute basics. Um, It is going to be really easy and it's going to be really, it's going to be fun and you're going to walk away being like, okay, I did that. And now I can put that on a resume and, you know, I have that experience. But I think if you're truly, really committed to really what is going on, what your community is, it's, it's really hard. Like it's hard, but is the most like you'll earn so much from it. Um, I just like, know from experience that the times that I have fully committed myself to a show out of the stage, like I would walk out of a rehearsal going like, hey, I want to go listen to like this. And I actually really want to research, you know, how this was created about the show. And I actually, like, I just was so involved in what I was doing. Um, That was probably the best experiences of theater I've ever had because then okay, you came back and you were just sharing all this, uh, you know, knowledge and it was just something you can connect with everyone else. You all had this show in common, no matter how different um, you and the next person were, that um, it just created such a community. And with theater, it is such a different experience than, you know, any 
I guess, acting or kind of art in the way that you are fully kind of just taking on someone else's shoes for a bit. And it sometimes gets almost hard to like differentiate who is an actor and who is playing this character. And um, I've definitely had experiences where something has happened in a show and I've just been like, that's that person. And like, oh my goodness, either like they've accomplished something in the show and I'm just so overjoyed. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the moment. Like, I'm so happy for you. And I'm just genuinely so, so happy. And there's been times where I have, you know, seen characters die and I've just like literally been heartbroken. And I leave that rehearsal being like, oh my God, like, and I have to take a step back sometimes and be like, okay, um, she didn't actually, my friend didn't actually just die. Okay. That was just the character, but it's seriously like something I've never gone through before is doing a show and just like living a completely different life, but experiencing all the emotions that come with it. Uh, it's also something that has really helped me throughout stuff that I'm dealing with um because it's almost like just seeing someone else feeling someone else's emotions and then being like okay this person's going through this I'm going through this these are sometimes not connected at all but you know someone else is going through something um and I'm feeling something too, and this is okay, and this will pass. And of course, in a show, you know what the end result is. You don't know what the end result of your life is, but you know, for me, I'm like, okay, there's a happy ending coming, and that will be the same for me. Because, you know, whether it's real life or not, um, there's always a way to get through things. So uh, I always felt just the connection to the people around you and to whatever character you're playing like if it's a good guy or a bad guy um it's just yeah something totally out of this world yeah and i think that's a really interesting point about like the happy ending piece too because i think like we've done a couple of shows that don't necessarily have yeah a, a typical happy ending mm -hmm. you know not every show is ending with nothing bad is ever going to happen again <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but um I think that one of the things that if nothing else we have looked at in musical um is like even when there isn't a happy ending like what are the joyous parts of that moment mm -hmm. like yeah. where can we still find peace and joy and in, in these characters' journeys so that we can um, be authentic in knowing that this is a time of their life, not their entire life, and that you can move forward and that there are people who are going to be there to support you with that. And I think theater is really good at telling people, hey, um, there's actually a whole community of people here who are going to help you move forward, whether it's mm -hmm. forward in the next scene or forward onto the next show or forward onto your next big adventure. It doesn't really matter. It's just the sense of community that you get from that. Mm -hmm, exactly. And uh, yeah, like you were saying, not every show ends with a happy ending, but 
I feel like sometimes just seeing that it doesn't is like, but also seeing them have times of being happy because life isn't black and white. You know, you're not just, you don't just have a happy life and you don't just have a sad life. Everyone has a mix of both. So it is kind of like humbling when there's not a happy ending as well. It's like, okay, if I don't end up, you know, married uh, in like a little cottage and living the most perfect life, you know, ever, that's okay. Everyone has a different path and there will be times of happiness and times of sadness. Uh, but that's just completely normal and it's, it's part of life. So. Thank you. Yeah, totally. So how, I know you did theater in middle school as well, but how has high school theater helped to shape you as an individual? Uh, there's, there's definitely been a lot of shaping, I would say. Um, <laughs> I, every single production that I did in high school, I feel like looking back at that, I see a completely different version of myself. Um, I was really just like kind of a scared little puppy when I was in grade 10 uh, because I just like saw these older grades and I really just like wanted to make everyone happy and, you know, do the absolute best that I could to kind of um, cater to everyone. And I think by the end of that show, however, I changed a lot and I saw people weren't treating me like, you know, do this, do this. And, and so people actually kind of wanted to be my friend. So I kind of saw that as a little bit of a confidence boost. And I, you know, really reached out uh, the next year where I was just, I feel like I see that version of myself as like a powerhouse. Like I just did everything and anything I could get my hands on every opportunity that came my way. I was like, okay, I'm doing that then. Um, and I had just such a huge amount of confidence. Um, and then I think by the end of this show, uh, all of that, like from those last two years, you know, following people around and feeling kind of like the underdog of everyone and then feeling really confident and feeling like, okay, I can literally do anything. Um, those two kind of mixed together. And I think theater kind of turned me into this, like, okay, like, you know, this is finally James. And I finally kind of found myself throughout going through all these phases and I don't even know if that makes sense, but, you know, <laughs> I just feel like, um, I don't know, there was just so, so many things. And I guess, especially with the last year, uh, the character I played as well was a big representation of me. I felt like, okay, like I finally kind of had found my place. And I guess Runaways is really about everyone who's, you know, found their place. Um, but I had found my place in theater, not in like that specific community, but um, how, you know, the character I played, Lazar, 
he is known for kind of being this like loud director and I felt like finally I was like being known for something um while in grade 10 and 9 yeah in grade uh or sorry in grade 11 grade 11 I was really confident but I felt like I was confident on my own like I was confident for myself um and I actually remember the day we got um our cast list for crybaby and I remember looking at the list and going to the bathroom and being like you did that you (laughs) did that and being so happy with myself um but I was just confident for myself and of course people congratulated me people were happy for me but I was like my biggest fan in that moment and I feel like when I got to grade 12 something that I had learned was like it it can be normal for you to accomplish things and it can be normal for you to not accomplish things and people actually really like you and you know you've got people behind your back and you're good like you you know you don't need to fend for yourself all the time um I feel like technically that's what theater thought me taking away like the emotional stuff. I feel like just, you know, auditioning, being in productions, it really taught me a lot about, yeah, that and who I was as a person. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, and it's interesting because your idea of like what success is from year to year, depending on the show and who you're cast as can be totally different as well, right? And Mm -hmm. um, like I know Crybaby is like a pretty traditional style of show it has your typical story arc and it has kind of the like leads and then the ensemble in that traditional way um whereas runaways doesn't have that it's very much a full ensemble piece and everybody's part is is realistically of equal size in some way um and so that can sometimes be a hurdle for people to get over where it's like, well, I had a lead this last year and that's what that looked like. And now like, what does a lead look like in an ensemble piece? And then being able to find like what success means within that and how you were able to attain that level of success too, because that is a big deal to go from like, this is one show, this is totally different, a completely different structure, something we'd never done before. And Mm -hmm. um, like, being able to fully and wholly embrace what this new show had to offer. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think I really struggled with it as well. Um, but I feel like it kind of humbled me and brought me like down to earth a little bit because, uh, you know, in traditional theater with shows like Cry Baby, you kind of expect, okay, high school, you start off on ensemble, then if you're good enough, you can get a lead, and then your final year, you're the lead, you're the star of the show, right? So um, it did really challenge me in the way that I was like, okay, well, you know, this isn't the end of the world, this is literally a high school production, so what is actually my success like what am I you know here for and um something that I really learned was that like for Janes if I am not learning there's then I'm not growing right so um when I finally had like 
my month of like a temper tantrum at the beginning. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> over not getting, over not being able to be the star of the show. Just note, um, please, folks, I did have to talk him off a ledge a couple times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, like going back, like grade 11 James would definitely have been like, okay, what the heck? Like, this is unacceptable. Um, but taking a step back, I realized, okay, well, you know, what, what am I here for? And what am I learning? Because when I was in grade 11 and I was a lead character, yeah, it was great to be a lead, but what did I learn from that experience? Okay. Like I learned this, this, and this. And so what am I going to learn for this experience? And Obviously, there's, you know, there's always people who are going to be like, oh, I didn't get a lead. I'm not going to do the show. But I just, I didn't want to be one of those people. And I didn't want to like, something I kept playing throughout my head was I didn't want to come to the show, to the performance and been like, I should have done that. Like what, you know, imagine all the, the, you know, the community I could have had and the things I could have learned. And I think coming out of that show, that was the biggest like turning point for me was that I learned so much, uh, especially with that production. Uh, we had literally people coming in and talking to us about you know certain experiences and um, the people I met and everything. Uh, it was just such an amazing experience. So yeah, that kind of definitely brought me down down from my little James is the star of everything in the world's cloud and yeah I realized you know there's just so much more especially in the world there are definitely going to be experiences where James is not the only one um because that's the world and high school there's a lot less people so you know uh I'm obviously very lucky for uh, playing a few leads, but I think the experience is like so much, it's just worth so much more. So, you know. Well, and I, I also think, and like, this is my reflection of your experience. And so it might not, (laughs) it might not mean a whole lot, but it's just as an observer kind of from the Mm -hmm. outside looking in, like grade 10, when you first came in, you weren't, really cast like you had a few lines here and there but as Mm -hmm. you went through your your growth was so significant in the first like really brief amount of time in grade 10 Mm -hmm. that pretty soon you had solos and like we were giving you much more than what you maybe thought you were going to be starting out with yeah so you came from that having essentially like a a really strong secondary character almost like what could be called a lead in hair Mm -hmm. and then in crybaby where you were a lead and then in runaways which doesn't really have leads but I think that what you proved through that is that it doesn't matter how many people you're sharing the stage with you can still be a lead and Mm -hmm. it's all about how you choose to embrace the character and and how you bring that character to life on stage because the more real they are on stage the more the audience is drawn to them the more the audience is going to remember them so it it actually doesn't 
matter at like I mean think of of crybaby again right like there were entire scenes where where Nadia didn't have a single <laughs> single line or anything yeah, and she yeah. was playing Lenora and crybaby and um and like you just couldn't take your eyes off of her yeah and no. then you were doing things like that in runaways where it was an ensemble piece and I kept everybody on stage pretty much the whole time and you know, some, something else would be going on. And it's not that you're stealing the scene. It's not the same thing, but it is having essentially like you are your own spotlight. And I think that you really proved that this year that you don't need to have the spotlight on you to be a spotlight and to have attention drawn toward you because of how invested in your character and in the stage you are. And I think that that's, you know, what I think people forget about theater mm -hmm. too, that it's not just about having this like big named role that everybody is going to recognize. You don't need to be Danny and Sandy in Greece to like have this persona. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's about how you portray whatever character you're given on stage. And like when we went and saw Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, there were people in that ensemble that you just couldn't take your eyes off of. And those, mm -hmm. yeah. I remember them much more than I remember Joseph. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. So, you know, I think you really proved that this year, though, that you don't need the spotlight to be on you in order to have a spotlight on you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, I totally get that. I'm, I'm actually glad you think that because, <laughs> because I obviously I'm not watching myself do a show, but like, I definitely kind of had that, you know, coming out of uh, having a pretty big lead role. I, you know had my temper tantrum and then I went okay I'm gonna make the absolute best of it and I was like I'm totally letting go of the past like that's totally what I'm doing I'm just making the best of you know what what my experience is but I really wasn't like my kind of mind was in a place where it's like Kim you need someone for this okay I'll I'll do it for you like I I'll do it like you need a line okay I'll do it but that show had to be split between so many people that that you know unlike in hair when I was able to be like oh you need someone I'll do it like I'll take that line or I'll take that solo um there was not much room for that especially me already having a monologue so I you know kind of got to a point where I didn't give up but I was like you know what who cares with audiences like who cares I'm just going to do the show as Lazar would do the show. And whether people see me or not, I'm just going to do it. Um, because there's no point in trying to grab for little things right now. There's just, there's just no point. Um, so I, I also felt like I was kind of, I a little bit taught myself about, you know, what, the audience is seeing and what the bigger picture is um, that, okay, it's more important that this message gets out rather than like, you know, someone is doing a monologue and, you know, I'm doing a dance, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whether, you know, who people are looking at um, for that show. I, I really genuinely was so passionate about what the story was and what the message was that there was a point where I was like, okay, I actually just really like the story of the show and I rather that be more portrayed than I am. Um, and 
it's fun to be recognized from a show. Definitely. I literally texted you the other day <laughs> because I keep getting recognized for playing Baldwin and it's like actually <laughs> concerning because I've changed my hair so many times. I like definitely dress a little bit different than I did like a year ago. And well, I just, you definitely like, don't dress like Baldwin in your day to day life. Well, I definitely so. don't dress like Baldwin, but like, I feel like I, should look like a little bit different and how people are so confident to just come up and yell because I was sitting eating my lunch like on break at work and a guy just like yells he's like hey did you play Baldwin in like that high school musical like they didn't even know what high school they were at like <laughs> but the fact that they remember like the character name they remember that I played it is just so like weird to me and I'm not sure if I should be like impressed or concerned um or thankful because it's just such a odd experience <laughs> that's really funny um so what lesson from theater in high school do you think that you're going to hang on to the most? Like, what are you most likely to take away for, with you? Like kind of a one sentence, like lesson. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think, okay. Oh man. In one sentence. Um, huh. Okay. How am I going to word this? If it's more than one sentence, that's fine. Right. Okay. <laughs> I feel like the biggest thing that I learned was stick to what you love and if you love something hold on to it uh, because it will not be there forever but it will teach you so much and you will hold those memories for such a long time I feel like uh, with high school theater, that will be the one thing that I remember from high school in 50 years. I'm really not going to remember, like, the math test that I did or, you know, the science, even though maybe it was a really big part and I stressed over it in the moment. But um, I just wholeheartedly loved theater every single rehearsal whether there was like drama going on or you know it was just waiting for like break because my feet hurt so bad or whether I was so tired or so hungry it I'll remember it as just something I loved so much and in the future even right now I remember the bad times as good times because I just totally just felt so passionate about it um even if it seems small in the moment yeah just love it because after you're done with it you're gonna be like okay wow yeah that was amazing and there is always the grief period after a show right where yeah you grieve the loss of the show and the characters and the mm -hmm. like there's all this build up and you're like oh I can't wait to have my life back I'm so tired yeah. like I, I just want to sleep in on a Saturday I don't want to have to go to tech run I don't want to have yeah. to do this and then it's over and you're like oh I wish I had tech run on Saturday like I wish right. I had a choreography rehearsal after school like yeah totally one of those things for sure mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you're, like, listening to the soundtrack, like, as you fall asleep, like, crying, like, good morning, starshine, <laughs> your heart just says hello, you're just crying in bed.
<laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like every time you hear, like I, I have the Broadway um, music channel on Sirius programmed mm-hmm. on, on, in my car. And if I'm like listening to it, all, a lot of the songs that come up aren't shows that I've ever directed. But as soon as a show comes up that I've directed, I'm like, oh, and I can't stop it envisioning <laughs> like exactly yeah. how it went on our stage. Yeah. And like, I will never, ever hear flesh failures without seeing a confetti cannon accidentally go off. Oh, yeah. It's just um, never going to happen. So <laughs> no, that's something you can't erase from your mind. No, no, you can't. So if you had a piece of advice that you could give to a theater teacher, whether they're middle school or high school, like what would be that advice from a student's perspective? What's the most important thing that you think a teacher needs to know or be able to do um, for, for a program, for a theater program? Um, I think the most important thing that I would say is that um, students are not in theater for the credits they are there for an experience and i think yeah you kind of have to understand like okay if a student is you know messing up lines or you know you have to kind of look at the bigger picture like how many times have they showed up for rehearsal how you know how many times have you heard them practicing in the hallway you know they're solo um you kind of have to go a little bit behind the scenes and see because it, it can, theater can be really hard technically. Um, but no student is there to recite lines or, you know, practice learning choreography. Um, some students are even just there, you know, because a friend, you know, brought them to the audition, right? Um, so make sure that that environment is you know good for people to have experiences and you're not kind of stripping that away because um i've definitely had teachers that you know you're you're there you're getting you're getting ready for a show and like you have like a teacher come in and being like why aren't you doing this like why isn't this why isn't things perfect right now and theater is like the most not perfect thing ever. Like there, it's not being, you know, filmed, right? So mistakes happen literally 24 seven and whether the audience catches it or not is just up to whether they catch it or not. Like um, even whether I catch it or not, you know, I know there's shows where I've gone up and been like, did I just like say the completely wrong monologue or like, did I just like start that completely different um so I think it's it's definitely important that perfection is not everything and it truly is just like about the experience and about your guys's connection and about how you feel in that environment I think that's a really good reminder because I think um it's really easy to get caught up in the production value of a show and to think that Mm -hmm. production is everything but in high school theater in school theater, um, we're not a production company. We're an Mm -hmm. educational institution. The point is to educate and to, like you said, like focus on experiences and, and you're right. Like teachers often don't see all the little pieces that are going on backstage. Like when we're standing at the edge of the stage, directing something and, and blocking a scene, we don't see what's happening to folks in the wings as they're trying to get themselves ready to come on stage. We don't see 
all those little pieces. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think sometimes it's really important for teachers to be really mindful that they don't see that and to also be investigating those things so that if there is a student who seems to be struggling on stage, we'll find out how much work they're doing. Like mm-hmm. if they're a student who's busting their butt to try to like do the show really, really well, and it's not translating for them once they're on stage because of how nervous you're making them as a teacher, then like there's an adjustment that needs to be made. Like they might be performing that monologue or that song perfectly with their peers because their peers aren't making them so stressed out that they want to cry the second they get in front of people, right? And um, teachers have, especially like the musical director has a lot of power in a show because you know, they decide like what, what stays, what goes, who stays, who goes. And, um, as much as, you know, like, I mean, I try to like have a lot more equal balance of power in a show. It's just not possible to have it be equal balance of power, because if you're going to have a production, like you need, you have things that you need to get done and you tell people that they need to do them. But I think like, you're so right. And I think it's such an important reminder for teachers that you need to find out what's going on behind the scenes. And you need to remember that it's about their experience and their education. And that's, what's going to keep people coming back. And that's, what's going to build the love of theater as opposed to like a flawless production. Isn't what people remember and what they love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I guess from an outsider's, now that I'm graduated from an outsider's perspective, I would literally never, ever say this when I was a high school student doing theater, but people are not coming to a high school performance to see a Broadway performance. Like, okay. And I'm sure there's many, and, and actually I know there's many, many times people have actually come to our show and been like, that was so much better than I thought it was going to be no offense, but you are a high school. So whether a song is completely like missed or, you know, a cue is just discarded or whatever craziness is happening behind the scenes, um, you know, the audience doesn't really care. Um, yeah. Okay. If, if you're a teacher, like, I don't know, who if somehow luckily got their kids on Broadway, then be scared, then be really terrified (laughs) and definitely pressure their kids to do as best as possible. But, you know, in middle school and then high school, and even I'm sure in like university and college, like people are not paying a thousand dollars to come see a Broadway performance, you know, like you're good. Like you can let some weight off your shoulders and just like, know that what really, really matters is like what is happening here in the moment, not on opening night. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think like, I mean, I know for our school, that's one thing that we've struggled with in the sense that um, like we have, fewer resources than some of the other schools in our district and so when we'd see some of these other shows from schools in our district it's like oh wow they were able to like hire a professional set design team and they were able to like hire somebody to do professionally projected images on their scrim that we don't have and you know it can be (laughs) it can be really hard to get out of your head and to to think oh well our production value should be equal to or should be on par with or competitive to this, what this other school is able to do. But um, 
like we're not a production company. And so we run our shows really differently um, because of that. And because we, I think at least collectively, like as a cast, um, I think people are really good about reminding each other that it's not a production company and that we're there to support one another and that we're there to have a good time. And we know who our audience is, right? Like we might get the occasional guy who remembers you as Baldwin and he's just some random community <laughs> member who strolled yeah. in. Um, but we also get mostly parents and friends and, and friends' parents and like that's mostly who our audience is. And occasionally, you know, there's folks in the community who come and see the show every year or alumni or whatever. But for the most part, um, like we're not, we're not selling tickets to the entire city where they're all beating down our door to make sure that they get in on opening night. That's just not the reality of mm -hmm. high school theater. And I don't, I would be surprised if that's the reality anywhere for high school theater. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, especially just like, exactly like you said, like, you know, parents are coming in, friends are coming in. Uh, and those those are people who really care about, you know, the students. They know the students and they're looking for their kid in the crowd. And, uh, you know, no, no parents is going to get in the car and be like, so I don't know. Like, I feel like the dresses just weren't ironed properly. And like, you know, and I, I do feel like a lot of schools, um, you know, I just hear so much from other students from other schools being like, oh, my gosh, like our like stairs for the scene with Rapunzel they're not laminated like with beautiful tile and uh you know um it, it all comes down to like really just like what matters and what people are gonna remember um because people aren't gonna remember like you know how great quality your stairs were but they're really gonna think about like okay wow that singing was beautiful that scene was like beautiful and emotional um so yeah yeah I think those are super good reminders thank you um is there anything else that you really want to make sure that people know about your experience or about high school or more advice that you have for either people going into high school theater or for teachers teaching high school theater? Um, yeah, I think I'll leave it off with, if you're a student, remember that this is high school and all the struggles will pass, but you'll remember those good memories and you don't have to be so competitive because I know I'm really competitive when it comes to literally anything that I put my mind to. Um, and I guess it's kind of the same actually for any um, theater teachers is it's not like a competition between other high schools. Um, it's not a competition, you know, between students, although you might have to like separate some kids because they're fighting over, I don't know, a role or something. But um, it's it in the long run, it's all about what you're going to remember and if you remember a confetti can going off on <laughs> flash failures then you know you're gonna be upset in the moment but you're gonna laugh about it on a podcast later possibly so <laughs> you know like there you go yeah true and I do think that it's all those mishaps that happen that in the moment we're like banging our head against a wall about mm -hmm. but that later on when we remember them 
it's so funny and like yeah exactly. we can just laugh about it and be like well that was a ridiculous thing that happened remember when and mm-hmm. um, like we hang on to those moments and that's what makes it so memorable right like our mm-hmm. flawless shows we don't remember how flawless they were we're just like oh yeah that was a good show that was a good run but we yeah. can all laugh about the other ones after totally and especially like for teachers like make sure that you have those connections with students because um, sometimes when you're in high school, you know, it's hard to always connect with a math or a science teacher, um, but it should be really easy to connect with a drama teacher because, you know, they're working really hands-on with you and, you know, theater is just, it's all about the arts, really. So, um make sure that you take the time to connect with students because it's sometimes something that they need. Um, Like I definitely know, especially you, I, even my, you know, middle school teacher, um, I'll always remember like both of you guys, like really just like believing with me are believing in me and I I didn't have that experience with any other teacher like I've never had a teacher being like hey like you should do this and you're really good at this and uh you're really strong at this and I never had that with any other teacher and I like carry that like when even now out of high school when I'm like oh, should I do this should I take this on I'm like Kim would tell me do it you know so um yeah really make sure you make those connections with uh, your students because it will sometimes saying uh, just a sentence or just saying what's on the top of your head can mean nothing to you but it means so much to your students and and they they do look up to teachers um, as much as sometimes it feels like they don't um, students look up to teachers and they really care about what you say so yeah thank you thank you so much that's really important information and advice and um, <laughs> Yeah. And I, I really appreciate you doing this and doing this interview today and for being here and, um, totally. And I'm super excited. So James is coming back this next year to help direct the show. Um, he's Mm going to be the assistant director. So I'm super excited to have you back this year to help direct this year's show in all of its wacky craziness with pandemic stuff going on. But, um, anyways, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Contemporary Educator Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you want weekly updates, remember to subscribe to thecontemporaryeducator.com or you can follow me on Instagram at teach.emote.repeat. Have a wonderful day, everyone, and stay safe.